So one day as Jesus was preaching on the shore of the Sea of Galilee, great crowds pressed in on him to listen to the word of God. He noticed two empty boats at the water's edge, for the fishermen had left them and they were washing their nets. Stepping into one of the boats, Jesus asked Simon, its owner, to push it out into the water. So he sat in the boat and he taught the crowds from the boat. When he'd finished speaking, he said to Simon, Now, go out where it's deeper and let down your nets to catch some fish. Uh, Master, Simon replied, we worked hard all last night and we didn't catch a thing. But if you say so, I'll, I'll let the nets down again. And this time their nets were so full, full of fish that they began to tear. A shout for help brought their partners to, from the other boat. And soon both boats were filled with fish and on the verge of sinking. And when Simon Peter realized what had happened, he fell to his knees before Jesus and said, Lord, please leave me. I am such a sinful man. For he was awestruck by the number of fish they had caught as were the others with him. His partners James and John, the sons of Zebedee, were also amazed. Jesus replied to Simon, don't be afraid. From now on, you'll be fishing for people. And as soon as they landed, they left everything and they followed Jesus. Maybe seated. So apart from the weather stuff this week, I have to say I've been really most excited about all the conversations about the Bengals and about the Super Bowl. It's really been very fun. And I wanted to say a thank you to all of the messages of support as the Buccaneers were eliminated from in the playoffs, especially all those kind words as I have to come to grips with the fact that we only, had, we only get Tom Brady for two years. That's it. He's done. He's done. Um, but, you know, uh, I am getting over it. I want everyone to know I'm doing all right. Um, and I have to remind myself this is a team sport, you know. And uh, just because Tom Brady left doesn't mean we're not going to the Super Bowl again. Maybe. I can dream. Um, but uh, every year I'm going to keep rooting for the Bucks. is what I remind myself. Except this week where, I mean, it's, it's Bengals. It's just, it's got to be. Got to be the Bengals. Um, but uh, being a fan is full of ups and downs. It's got their high times, their low times, expectations of success, typically in the off-season, like, oh man, we're going to figure this out, and then the really swift crash back down to earth. If you're a Buccaneers fan, by like week five, you're like, this is not going to happen for us. Winning seasons, abysmal seasons, those awful rebuild years, and I think about all that time uh, where I invest myself into this team and those years where they're just terrible, I'm like, you know what, maybe I shouldn't spend so much time paying attention to this. I think about fandom rooting for a team, and I think about this story today. Um, and this story isn't necessarily about fandom. This is more about the team itself, about creating a team, that Jesus is recruiting this team. And um, I like also the Isaiah story as well. As Isaiah is seeing this, he's, God asks, you know, who's going to be on my team? And Isaiah's like, I'm ready. I've seen it. I'm, I'm on board. I love teams. I love the idea of church as a team. I don't know if you guys notice, I say go team a lot. But that is because really I am enamored by the idea of people with different talents and gifts working together towards a goal that's way bigger than any one person could achieve on their own. I think that's just so awesome that we were made to see sort of team up, you know, work together. Jesus picking out a team of 
strange characters for the work he's going to do of fishermen, of tax collectors, of regular folks, and saying to them, I want you to follow me, I have a plan, and you guys are going to fit into this perfectly. And he recruits them. And from this bit in the Bible of recruitment, Jesus brings together disciples and followers and they take the region by storm, performing miracles, healing the sick, binding up the broken, feeding the hungry, teaching, preaching. They're attracting incredible crowds. All of this from this nobody from Nazareth. What a team he puts together. People show up in the thousands to watch this team teach and preach. Individuals from the team then pair off and go out into the surrounding areas. They talk in new neighborhoods and new areas and they cast out demons. They heal people. They teach people. They even attract more followers. It's like Jesus put together this perfect team. Because, the, I mean, really the proof is in the pudding. From, I mean, look at this franchise that they started two, like 2,000 years ago. Look at how big it's gotten. Two billion people are on this team. That's wild. It's really cool. But at the beginning of forming this team, there was some legitimate concern for some of the would-be teammates. A concern that maybe still runs through our team now these days. A hesitance. A resistance to being on the team versus perhaps a more convenient position of just being a fan. Being a fan is what Peter was planning to do when Peter was being recruited. See, when Jesus Jesus recruits Peter, Peter has a hard time with this. He sees the potential. He sees the possibility. He's holding this miraculous catch of fish. He knows Jesus is a great teacher. He's heard of this guy, and he says, Guy, I am not up for this. I am sinful. I am not on your level. I think about it this way. What if you guys were at uh, Arrowhead Stadium when the Bengals were pulling off this dramatic comeback to get to the Super Bowl, right? It's coming back. It's overtime. There's that interception. You're so excited. It's very possible. This could happen. And imagine they move down the field and it's field goal time and they point to you in the stands and go, hey, come on down here and kick the field goal. You'd go, no! No, bud, I am way too excited about this, and I am not so good at kicking field goals. I guarantee you have someone who's better than I am at kicking field goals. So please, just do that. I am not worthy. I really want you to go to the Super Bowl, so for your sake, how about we just not ask me to go out there and kick it? Jesus is like, no, man, let's go, dude. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. I wonder if it's that different with being a part of the church, whether we sometimes feel way more comfortable being a fan than actually being on the team, whether we are spectators of the church or members, disciples of this team. See, Peter was very comfortable being a fan. More than comfortable. He got a whole lot of fish out of this deal. This was great. And Jesus hatches this plan. He's like, Jesus did it. Jesus is the one that said, go out and catch the fish. We followed Jesus' plan and we got the fish. Jesus is the one that attracts all these droves of people that we even had to get in the boat and scoot out from the water. Like, Jesus is, I'm not the star of this team, Jesus. No offense, you really don't want me on this team, which is fair. But do we really think Jesus is calling anybody to just be a spectator? To observe the kingdom of God. To just root for it. 
See, what Jesus has done in creating these disciples is create a team of individuals who will not just watch the kingdom unfold, but speak of it, actually take part in it, actually practice it today as it will be then. Go out into the game, live it out for the sake of all those who need it, which is all people. The purpose of what Jesus is going to give them is not just to receive it. What's that saying? The, the, the reason for knowledge the, is not just knowledge. It's that we would take it and use it. It's action that we get from the knowledge. It's taking what we've been giving and using it. Not just holding it in our hearts for it to warm us in challenging times. It's to share it with others. Take what you've learned, teach it to someone else. But that draw to be a spectator is still strong. How do we move from spectators? How do we move to that place and ask ourselves, what will it require of me to actually be on this team? As, Jesus, as we know Jesus is calling us to be. And I will say, thankfully, it is not about your ability to kick a field goal or throw like that quarterback who moved the sticks, Joey Burrow, you know? You don't have to be Joey Burrow. You don't have to, re- you don't have to save this team with your dramatic action. No. You may not be an amazing uh, p- preacher or teacher. You may not be a healer. You may not be a worker of wonders. You are you, and you are on this team. Know this. You aren't just watching. You are part of this game plan. You have been called. And you may think of yourself as more of an observer with, you know, I don't got the people fishing gift. But regardless of what you think, you still, in that baptism, have been called. You've been called to take the field. Shortcomings and all. If you need proof that Jesus calls people with great shortcomings, you just need to look at Peter. That's a fisherman who spent all night catching nothing. It's interesting, they point that out. Like, you're going to fish for people, hopefully better than you did last night. Right? He's not up for this. Paul, same thing. He was a persecutor of the church. What are we going to do? It's like taking the quarterback from the Steelers and putting him on the Bengals. Like, no, I don't want him. No, he's on the team now. It's jarring. You really are. And you may think you aren't up to it. Uh, maybe it's something, maybe you have like an anxiety, perhaps a big one I would say for people in the church is teaching because who wants to teach something that maybe you could teach wrong or something? You're a, I couldn't teach this. I'm a hypocrite, right? I couldn't teach that. I'm just, I don't feel confident enough, but you don't maybe have to be the greatest teacher. You can just be a person who's willing to tell a story of an experience you had of an encounter with God, because what is telling a story about what you've experienced and what you've learned from it, but teaching. Maybe uh, another one people get nervous about is working with kids. They're like, I don't know if I could do that. Kids are rambunctious. They're wild, wild creatures. They move all over the place and really quickly. But you may not be the best with kids. You may not have like a rubber cartoon face, but you can say to children, how are you? And I'm so glad you're here because we know Jesus has tasked us with welcoming the little children. We can welcome. We may may not be the best teacher or PE teacher or games coordinator, but we can be people of peace that say to children, I'm so glad you're here. Jesus loves you and so do I. You see what I'm getting at? We are not called to just be spectators. 
We are on the team. I hope we're not just watching and clapping for the formation of young people in faith. Because really, as we say to every baptism candidate, everyone up here, we say we're going to help. We're on the team to help them. We're on the team to support them, to put things in their hands like the scriptures and these stories and your own relationships to say, I'm with you. You aren't just watching our incredible musicians, though they are fun to watch. Uh, I bet you Ken would tell you he wants you to sing too. There he is, he's back there. You want us to sing along, right? Yes! And you may be saying to yourself, I'm not much of a singer. Well, great news. It doesn't matter if you think you're that great of a singer or if I think you're that great of a singer because guess who you're singing to? It ain't me. It ain't Ken. It's your creator. God loves your voice, whatever it sounds like. Sing it nice, loud, and proud because that's what it's for. It doesn't require your proficiency. Let's say God doesn't call the equipped. God equips the called. Folks, you're it. You're here. It's about your willingness to work towards a goal laid out by our teacher, Jesus Christ. That's what's critical because the mission needs you. As your pastor, all of your pastors would say, you got a bevy of pastors here at Good Shepherd. We need you on this team because none of us can do this by ourselves. And you have gifts from God that make this mission more dynamic and powerful. It spreads rapidly through you. That's the word being shared today. That's what we say every week. Taste and see. Come and see. Yes, but then go and do. Go and be. Go and shine. Go and share. You are on the team. We have a shared goal, and you are a vital piece of that game plan. If you think of all the gifts we've been given and how we've been blessed as individuals and as a a community, I hope we're all acutely aware that God didn't give us this to just be observed and cherished, stored up and remembered. Christ has called us. Christ has transformed us. Christ is unleashing us every day for the work of restoration, of love, of care, of peacemaking. That's not just being peaceful. That's making peace. And as promised us, the kingdom will reign. The game plan is noble. The mission is pure. And in the empty tomb, we know with all certainty the victory is secured. And you are a part of that. So go team. Amen.